Hey guys, G-Man here. Thank you so much for downloading this week's episode of the Fun V Tailgate presented by Thunderblogsports.com. Matty D is back on the podcast this week and we break down all things football starting with college football and move over to the NFL for the final weekend of October. We look at this weekend's big games in the NCAA, including the big one in Columbus. We then move over to the National Football League, make our cold, hard locks. That's pick them for those new to the show. We have three competing picks, which picks they are. You'll just have to tune in and see. But as always, please give us a like, a share, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Thunderblog Sports is the handle on Instagram and Facebook. Stay tuned for all of our Thunderblog Instagram stories as we've been uh, increasing that avenue. But as always, go check out the website, the Fun V Tailgate blog, which is my weekly college football preview should be coming out at some point on Friday. If you're listening to it afterwards, go check it out. It's already on the website. But now, enjoy this week's episode of the podcast. Thanks again. We are live. Welcome to this week's episode of the Fun V Tailgate. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell, with me, returning this week after his long trip up to Penn State. Matty D, what's up, buddy? Oh, I just wish it was Friday already. I love, I'm a big fan of Thursdays, don't get me wrong, but I do wish it was Friday really bad today. I'm just ready for the weekend, and uh, I'm pretty sure I'm also just more ready for watching the Eagles play football again, fired up, although I am coming off of a very big sports call it week this past week, and uh, I mean, I'm pretty fired up. We had the, um, we had the very rare... Uh, was what they called the sports solstice last Thursday? No, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, all four majors in one day. All four at one day. That's pretty incredible. I mean, we're not going to touch on it in this, but baseball is on fire right now. And if you are not watching, we can do. If you want to give your your quick take, both of our picks are still alive. I mean, this. Oh no, you're seven. I'm in six. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, I was. I went so <laughs> bad by me. A little tired last night after a couple of days. I went to bed after the sixth inning. Right, so they hit the two run. Seager hits the oh, two run home man. run. They go up three and two. I wake up this morning, I hit the gym early, trying to get, you know, back in shape. Well, I'm in shape, I'm round, but, you know, working back at it. I'm at the gym and I'm, I'm doing some lifting and I'm, all of a sudden I see Sports Center on and I take a look and I stop doing my lifting. I go, okay, there's the Seeger home run. And all of a sudden I start hearing things about how this was like the greatest game ever. And I'm like, it, it was 3-1 though. And then all of a sudden I watch the highlights and oh my God, I missed, I mean, Oh, I knew such a good game. Yep. It was devastating. I was devastated. So my quick take, went to the Sixers game last night, heartbreaking loss, come home. Emily and I see the score. We figure it's playoff baseball. It's going to take forever. So we watched last night's Survivor episode. We get done. It's it's where you went to bed. It was the end of the sixth inning. Turn on the seventh. That goes as it does. Uh, they bring in Kenley Jansen, though, in the eighth. And right. you never know with that. As you know, Let's up one of the eighth. Let's up one of the ninth. Tie ball game. Cody Bellinger almost ends it in the ninth inning. It, he looks like a fastball just right below, right at his knees, basically, in the strike zone. Cranks one. Or I guess he's a lefty, so cranks one. A little too much under it. Then you go to the extra innings. You get the two runs. You think, holy shit, the, the Astros pull this out. Dodgers come back immediately because A.J. Hinch basically, Hinch basically 
wanted to get into a pissing contest with with Brian Roberts. He left Ken Giles in for six outs. Right. Then the same thing happened. He blew it. Yeah. But then you get the George Springer opposite shot line drive stinger. Shout out Tiger Woods to go up seven <laughs> five. Dodgers put one on, but it's not enough. Now they're up seven to six. And the reason I bring up Tiger Woods, a very Tiger esque stat. The Dodgers were 98-0 last night when they were leading after the eighth inning. You know why that's a Tiger-esque stat? And I, why I, this could be the, the game changer of the series? I mean, I'm assuming it's because Tiger, when leading after three days in a major, had never lost. Until the until the 09, the uh, 09 PGA. Uh, and that could have been his last P- I mean, who knows? Right, right. We both pick the Astros. We think it goes back. It will come back to L.A. Yeah. But who knows? Greg's well, the one that, that really is hinging on it being a sweep in Houston. Yeah, yeah. And uh, well, yeah. let's get the, the, fa- the people came here for the football. Let's <laughs> get to the football. You were at Penn State last week. Let's get your quick take on, or not take, your quick analysis on the Penn State tailgate scene as you're our uh, official tailgate reporter, as you oh. will. And then your just thoughts on last week in general. Really, the last yeah. two weeks. We haven't talked to you in a while. No, Go. I know. I mean, first of all, the tailgate. It- I don't know without having hit up some other big north schools. So when I say big north, I'm like Ohio State, Michigan, um, you know, those that level of programs. It's a difference when you're down south. When you're up north, I mean, it is just football. It is what they care about. Their tailgates are out of control. It's not fancy. It's let's show up, let's have a great time. This place was hopping. And what I thought was really cool. It was a whiteout game, right? So a hundred and you know they broke the record, by the way, for most people in Beaver Stadium this weekend. Um, How do they do that? Do they just do standing room tickets? Yeah, I think they do because they have like an official capacity, but then they sell official yeah. tickets. I also think it's the student section as well. Uh, I think they can cram more people in the student section. I think, um, but everybody. So here's the deal: I went up to the game, tailgate, had a great time, but uh, we I couldn't go to the game because I couldn't get a ticket and I didn't, you know, as a Michigan fan, I wasn't going to be paying um, 200 plus dollars to not sit with people I knew. So, um, yeah. Oh, I will, by the way, the record for this game, number one now, uh, 110,823 people in the crowd this past game. So that, I mean, it was wild. We went to a bar though. We went to champs and it was, all white there too. I mean, everybody that came up, students, parents, clothes. fans, everybody wore white. I mean, the whole thing was white. It was incredible. The bar was hopping. I mean, it was it was really impressive. And and game day was there, and they killed it on game day. And I was well, we walked through game day at one. So come back from the bars Friday night. Walked by game day at one thirty in the morning. Could already see the line of people getting ready to be up in the front. And then, like, when they started off with the We Are Penn State chants and crowd surfing, um, uh, Lee Corso, I mean, big time. Just big time all around. They really do it upright. The tailgates were ridiculous. Shout out to Mr. Reber for his fantastic tailgate. Blown away by that. And also, there was a game. <laughs> so, uh, choose to forget the game. Yeah, it was a little tough. Me too. Let me tell you. I mean, they that place was rocking. And I was talking to my brother beforehand, uh, as a, he's at a Penn State alum, and he was like, look, I was look, if Michigan wants a chance, which they have a chance, the line wasn't that big. They cannot start off with a quick score against Penn State. Second play of the game, Saquon takes it to the house. And, and I kind of knew right there it was over. They, 
they battle back a little bit, but yep. uh, I, I tell you what, well, that Penn State offense has got some some serious talent on it. Yeah, I mean, you knew Saquon was going to go awful like that. The one thing that that shocked me was how well Trace played. I thought mm-hmm. he was going to get mm-hmm. just completely swallowed by the defense. I tried to throw in some crazy sl- slang term, but he played incredible. I got to get you know right. half off to to the team uh, to Penn State. There, I mean, we'll get to them playing Ohio State this week. But I mean, I mean, quick thing on Michigan. I, you know, they're. they're likely out unless a lot of crazy stuff happens, which we'll, we'll also get into. But, you know, um, I mean, Penn State, basically in the first of many elimination games, Not, I mean, they wouldn't have been. But, you know, Michigan, it's almost like the double double elimination tournament type of deal. That's basically what the college football season's become, and it, it may not be in this case because of how crazy it's been. But, you know, hats off to them. They played so well. Their defense did what they needed to do against a very subpar uh, Michigan offense, which is kind of a bummer, but um, that the Michigan offense is, you know, comparatively to what they have been the last couple of years, especially being able to bounce back against Penn State after the quadruple overtime game four years ago. Um, annoys me of the Harbaugh takes. Calm the fuck down. Just- right. Get well, out of here with those. People are forgetting. I mean, I think – so I think we got suckered in because they came out so hot, playing really well. First of all, they did lose their starting quarterback, and not that Wilton State was yeah. that good. They lost a le- a 10 of their 11 starters on defense. And, and it's still a good defense. Right, right. It's still arguably a top five defense in the country. Let's see what happens. They play Rutgers this week, by the way. What a great game to bounce back uh, if you're going to play anybody. They also, they also lost their two starting wide receivers to the NFL. Their starting tight end to the NFL. They're starting running back to the NFL. And I think two offensive linemen to the NFL. This team got completely decimated. So that's why it was so amazing how highly they were ranked. But I think we kind of overhyped Harbaugh's ability this early in his Michigan tenure. I'm with you. If you're calling for his head, you can take a hike. There's no reason to have – come on, guys. Every great coach has a bad year, and this is their bad year. By the way, they're still 5-2. and And you know what? They're going to play Wisconsin. They're going to play Ohio State. I'm not saying they're going to win, but you know, there's two big games to make a statement. Say, you know what? Our young guys are coming around. Let's get rocking. Absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, <clears throat> you're at, you know, even if you go one and one in one of those games, if you can make some type of impact and, and really shake it up, um, whether it's – I think the Ohio State win rings a lot better for Harbaugh, but, you know, that I mean, that's in and of itself a, a, the big victory in a, a nine and three season, especially with – the on-paper losses that you've seen, regardless of what you've seen in the eye test, I, I think that's still great. You know, I mean, really the Michigan State loss is still kind of a huge blemish on your record coming out of it, but are mm-hmm. those down years and everything? And, and you know, there's a little, little bit of emotion there. And, yeah, yeah he's – Harbaugh's fine. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think – and I think this is the thing. This is really – this is it for Penn State. They play Ohio State, which we're going to get to in a second, and they go to Michigan State the next weekend. Um, it, it could not be harder for them. And, I mean, I don't know. What are your thoughts this weekend? I, they're going to Ohio State. Ohio State, you know, after last year, they, they are like, you got to be kidding me. We can't, you know. So what, what are your thoughts? I mean, it's, it's going to be a tough – it should be, even more than Michigan, a tough matchup. Yeah, oh, it certainly is a tougher matchup than, than Michi- the Michigan game is going to be for both teams. I mean, both are clearly better, um, at least on paper. Uh, we haven't seen Ohio State Mich- Michigan yet. But 
Ohio State this year. We saw the Oklahoma game, which you know went went the way that it did. The big difference for me is that Oklahoma offense really is a little more well-rounded. Um, Saquon is certainly up there in, in terms of how good he is. Um, the defenses, I think, are comparable. I think Penn State's is probably a bit better. Um, but that's all that being said, Ohio State didn't play their best game against uh, against Oklahoma. I think this is going to be a really good game, though. I mean, I think it's going to be like last year where – there's going to be some type of crazy special teams play, whether it's a whether it's a Saquon punt return or kick return that ends up being the difference maker. I, I don't think you're necessarily going to get the the field goal block like you did last year, although it was incredible. Um, but it's certainly a test. Right. I mean, it's on the road now. It's their biggest road game. It's probably their biggest game. But you're absolutely right. I mean, you play Michigan State, and you only have to really mention that because they're technically tied for the Big Ten East lead by beating Michigan. They right. could in 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 and of themselves do what what Penn State did by winning you know by winning that game and, and moving yourself up in the ranks. But that's not going to happen. Or not here to suggest that. Um, this game though is that is that the night game or is it a is it an afternoon game? Uh, no, I think it's no, it's a three thirty game. That's what I thought. I, I didn't. I didn't think it was game day or, or even any sort of like seven thirty ESPN two game or anything like that. Um, I was, was going to say. I think this game comes down to one player, and I don't think it's Saquon. I think it's JT Barrett. Yeah. So held without a touchdown against Oklahoma. Uh, now since then we've got it seventy two percent completion percentage, twenty two total touchdowns, um, and how about this ninety three point eight total QBR, which is the best. In F- in the FBS without committing a turnover, so I'm not making any. I'm not saying he's got that because they haven't really played the same competition. But he's certainly bounced back. So um, you know, th- to, to me, if he plays well and they're at home with a still a very talented and fast defense, they've got the weapons to make life hard for Penn State. And I think this there's definitely more of a test than Michigan because when you're in front of that Penn State crowd, certainly. they might have the best student section in the country. So um, we'll see what happens, but I, I think it's JT Barrett. If he plays well, I think it's going to be tough for Penn State to overcome. But I'm going to tell you, I saw enough of Saquon. He does everything. I mean, he runs, pass catches, Huge. blocks, great player, returns kicks. So I'm I'm taking Penn State. I think this is their year, uh, you know, kind of year of destiny. Um, and I and I think you've got your Heisman Trophy winner on the best team in the country. On the best, I'm sorry. On, on a playoff team, I'm not saying best. I'm gonna take. I'm rescinding that immediately. I'm uh, Alabama still has my number one vote for now, uh, but it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a hell of a game though. All right, so let's build off of this, and it kind of covers all the rest of last week. So, game we talk about Michigan State, you know, and, and a number of other different games that they have. Let's say they get to the Big Ten championship, play Wisconsin, whatever Wisconsin's record happens to be. Penn State has one loss. Mm-hmm. Let's say Wisconsin slips up somewhere. They have one loss. Okay. Winner, there's a one-loss winner in the Big Ten. Okay. Let's start putting on the tinfoil hat because <laughs> I love doing that, as, as you all know. That team's automatically in, in my book. Right. Pac-12, everyone has two losses there because of Notre Dame, which we'll get to in a second. I think they're done regardless of what happens in this conference. Say something crazy does happen. Ohio State beats Penn State. Pac-12? 
Yeah, I think Pac-12 is done. Whoever wins, it's not making the. Well, the, wait, Washington has one loss. That's true, but I Those think they're gonna, they could lose. But, they if they lose a game, the Pac-12 is done. But I no, think I'm even with one loss, you the only thing you have is one loss to to really say who gets in over who. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it though. The Big 12 could easily be in this conversation too, but I think they have a lot more clout on it, and a lot of it has to do with the Oklahoma Ohio State win, um, in which you know one way versus the other. I, I just think you know that whoever you know if Penn State comes through, they're they're the two seed. Bama's the one. Clemson might be the three, depending on how they bounce back and everything. They were off last week. We need to see how they go. But I mean, this is all assuming they all win out, which is my my big thing. And I don't think everybody's going to win out. There's going to be a couple two lost champions in terms of conferences. And I I don't think you're going to come into some scenario where Ohio State's only loss is to State's only loss comes to the team that that eventually wins the conference. I just think it's so unprobable that you get through without having somebody else go down and then some type of chaos. And then you have this great wild card in Notre Dame. If Notre Dame comes through their whole schedule unscathed, which we're going to talk about that with their game this week and, you know, move one game at a time, but that's a lot of quality wins. NC state, they still have to play Miami. They got a lot of games still left to go. You know, you have to figure out, where they where they're gonna fit in, and they they only play twelve games. This is the reason why the Big Twelve added a Big Twelve championship game. So, kind of sift through, and you're starting to see some of the pieces fix the you know fall into place. Michigan, where they are, this week could help if Ohio State loses two games. You know, be done. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it'll be interesting to see how it all goes. And that's a good point about Washington. I, I don't want to write them off yet. I just. Well, I, they either I think, lose to Washington State, who, yeah. I, I mean, odds on they they could do that. I just still think even with one loss, it's tough to real unless there's everybody else's two losses, which is saying right. saying something for Clemson or for Penn State or for Wisconsin. I mean, you could say what you will about the Big Twelve, and, and that that could happen there. You know, with TCU or with Oklahoma, um, yeah. or Oklahoma State, one of those two has to lose again because they play each other. Um, What's your thought on all of this and where, which way we can go? Because there's a million different paths that this season can take down, and a lot of them are pretty probable to happen. Yeah, no, I so a couple things here. First of all, the cool thing about it, when you look at these teams, they're all going to play each other. Alabama's got, assuming they win out, Alabama and Georgia play each other. Penn State, Ohio State, Wisconsin should all be playing each other. TCU is going to be playing Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Uh, so that's a huge game. They've got a tough schedule. Uh, Miami is about to go through a tough stretch here after this week's game. Uh, Notre Dame has t- – and I'm pretty shocked by this because I normally am a hater – has a very difficult schedule, including Miami left. So the positive is that for probably there's always going to be that fifth or sixth team that's going to have an argument, but a lot of these teams are going to play each other. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State are going to play each other. And so they're, they're, you're going to start to get two loss – and three lost teams. Um, I'm going to tell you right now. If Penn State wins out, they're obviously in. If they lose to Wisconsin, oh man, I, I, I'm not sold on Wisconsin. We discussed their schedule. I mean, the only team that they're really playing moving forward is Michigan. I mean, they really don't have. So they play Illinois, Indiana, Iowa. I don't want to write Iowa off, but th- they really have. They have not played a a um, ranked opponent all year 
So if they lose to me, they're out. Mm-hmm. If they lose to Michigan, even if they beat Penn State, I think they're out. I, I, That's a one-loss lo- one Big Ten I'll champion. You, I mean, you look at this. How do you – so let's say Alabama and Georgia go head-to-head and it's a close matchup in the championship game. Georgia's played people. I'm going to ask you, if they're both undefeated in that game and it's close, what yeah. do you do? They left Toss. Penn State. Well, they left Penn State out last year as as a conference champion. So to me, if there's that game, or a member they, of their own conference, right? But if they're a member, so if Alabama and Georgia make the title game and they're both undefeated, and I am assuming here, by the way, that that a TCU, Wisconsin, Miami loses a game because if you're undefeated, no. you should get in over uh, uh, Georgia, unless you're you know South Florida or Central. Not that I have anything against South Florida or Central Florida, but so. I look at it as Alabama and Georgia, they went out and one of them is going to lose. They should both make the playoff. Penn State should make it. And then TCU should make it if – I don't know. It's, there's a lot that – but then again, I see – look, I'm, I'm struggling because I see Miami. And I go, well, Miami – you're forgetting Clemson. I am forgetting Clemson. Well, Clemson and yeah. – Clemson and Miami have to play each other in the title game? They would in theory. Uh... Actually, I don't know. I don't know the divisions that well. They, um, I, I don't. Th- I think Miami's. Yeah, they would play each other in the championship game, Coastal okay. Atlantic. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, so look. Well, I, I mean, Miami's got to get through Notre Dame. Um, yeah, that's true too. God, when you look at this, I mean, there's not a lot of separation yet. Yeah. I mean, so you, we'll get we'll get a little bit this weekend, but there's really not a lot of separation. Yeah. So my question to you then. Is there nothing Notre Dame can do if they get through this on un- this stretch? One of the hardest schedules I would say in the country. Is there nothing that they can do unless teams just really just blow each other up in terms of really cannibalize themselves? Is yeah, Notre Dame really has to like have to get some help. In, in yeah. other words, well, let's say let's say so let's say Notre Dame runs the table. They've got one loss, right? Mm-hmm. Georgia loses to Alabama. I think Georgia's got to be in over Notre Dame. Georgia beat Notre Dame. It was by a point, but they beat Notre Dame. They still won. You're right. They still won. So let's let's make the assumption Alabama, Penn State, Georgia, TCU. So Penn State, TCU win out. Alabama wins out, and Georgia has one loss. I don't think you can put Notre Dame in over Georgia, even if they run the table, simply because Georgia beat Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. So to me, I know that's a tough. That sounds tough. And I don't. By the way, I don't think TCU is going to run the table. I love Gary Patterson, but I don't think that's possible. So, yeah. um, but I mean, now once again, Georgia's got to play Florida this weekend. They're playing Something number nineteen, Auburn. right? Number nineteen Auburn at Auburn, and they've got a rivalry game at Georgia Tech. I know Georgia Tech isn't a powerhouse, but they're still it's still a big rivalry game. So you write it off. I mean, no, you can't. No, Louisville lost to Kentucky last year. No, Great. right? Kentucky's gotten a lot better. Exactly. But so, th- they still did. Right. No. So I, I, when I look at that, I think to myself, okay, there's so much to decide still. Um, but yeah. if Notre Dame wins out and those four, the top four win out, assuming Georgia loses in the title game, and it's not a total bloodbath, then, yeah, no, I think, I think it's, uh, I think they're, they, they're the fifth team that's left out this year. Yeah. Um, and I think that, that's a tough one. Clemson can't be in because they lost to a, a Syracuse. And I, I know it's one loss, but Notre Dame needs to hop them. If Notre Dame has one loss and Clemson have one loss, I don't know. I, I, I think Notre Dame has to – for once in my life, I think Notre Dame needs to hop some teams because I mean, they do have that kind of a schedule this year. They've gone out of their way, and they've gotten some breaks because NC State has ended up being good. Miami has ended up being good. Um, they didn't lose. They almost lost two weeks ago. Right, right. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of where, kinda- where I'm at. And that's kind of the nutty thing, though, and, and kind of the last Notre Dame point is that they played Stanford last. 
advanced. Stanford hasn't had the best season, but they can still do a lot. They could beat some teams in the Pac-12. They certainly have the stuff to do it. Right. And that could help the Irish, you know, assuming they win out. I mean, mm-hmm. it's all crazy how it can go. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's really interesting of, of the year that the Big 12 finally adds a 13th game. There's no other contender that has, is only playing 12 for Notre Dame to really make a case. It's almost like they have to just always open the season at, at Hawaii so they can get a second or a an extra home game, a 13th regular season game, so they can have 13 games on their schedule. Right, right. But then you need to assume Hawaii's good. So, I mean, it's yeah. one way or the other. No, I mean, um, they, they really, other than Wake Forest, they go NC State and Wake Forest at Miami. That's massive. Versus Navy, not a not a walk home game there, and at Stanford no. to end the year. Yeah, they they're gonna put they're gonna they're I'm gonna be honest they've earned their their due and they smoked USC last weekend. So they're a good team. They're loaded at offensive line. I mean they've got some studs up there. So um, yeah, I think they're a team to watch. I, I think the other game. Well, we talked about Stanford playing tonight. Meh. Yep. Uh, but they play NC State this weekend. NC State, I don't think anyone realizes that they're they're ranked fourteenth uh, in the nation. So yeah, NC State sneakily having a good year. They lost one game, so they're not really in that conversation as an undefeated squad. Um, mm-hmm. NC State could do could play a lot of different spoilers here. I mean, Notre Dame. If it was in Raleigh, there's a lot more to be said about that. In South Bend, it's tough to really. You know, give it one way or the other. I mean, I did back to back Notre Dame Penn State last year. Like you said, Penn State is unreal on the way that they they do it. But there's something to Notre Dame football and kind of the tradition around it, and how much everybody you know, loves it, and, and everybody comes together. It's very similar to Penn State. It's all one big ass section, so it feels like this very it's very intimate relatively speaking, for a major college football team. But it's not the biggest stadium in the world. Um, so it's a, it's a weird place to play, to you know, say it lightly and, and awkwardly. But that's going to be a fun game. Check that out, 3.30 NBC. Um, and I kind of wrote off, and it's a weird line, is Iowa State, new to the, new to the rankings, only six and a half points to TCU. I mean, is that basically just out of respect to their win over Oklahoma, or or well, I mean, am, am I, I, I missing say, something here? I would say Iowa State. Well, it's at it's at Iowa State, but I, more than that, I I Iowa State always has that one upset a year. I think they already have it. You know, it's one of those teams that's like always kind of right there, but always has some issues. So I don't think this should be much of a challenge for TCU. Um, you know, so. I don't I know. I think that line is an undervalued line. I mean, I don't dis, I'm not dis I'm not just disregarding Iowa State. I just think it's one of those things. They get that one upset a year and they've had a pretty good year before this this year too. Um so it should be um yeah, no. No, I meh to me. I think TCU smokes them. But um yeah, I mean that's that's the other big game in the Big 12, Oklahoma State West Virginia. And yep. if Oklahoma State wants any opportunity period to be in the in the playoff, they can't afford a loss now. Um, losing, you know, so they they need. And West Virginia, by the way, can play. Um, I think they're the best. I, I would almost I would almost want to tell you they're the best two loss team in the nation. Um, I mean they they're pretty good. I know Auburn, I don't I don't Auburn, hate that take. 
No, I know Auburn has two losses as well. So does LSU, but they they're a, they're a heck of a football team. They lost to Vatek to open the season, and they lost a heartbreaker to TCU. So they've lost both games by a touchdown. They're they're right in it, and um, they have a tough stretch, by the way. OK State, I, uh, uh, Iowa State at Kansas State versus Texas at number ten Oklahoma, which is kind of a shame. It shows you how deep the Big Twelve is. They're they're kind of the offensive version of S- the SEC, and I think it's I think you're seeing them kind of cannibalize on each other this year more than they have in the past. Um, yeah, certainly. Yeah. And it's it's funny because because of the way that the the Big Twelve has constructed their conference and and only having ten teams, they don't have divisions, so they all play each other in a round robin, and the top two play each other. That's part of why Oklahoma Oklahoma State is next weekend, which kind of to build off your point. I mean, West Virginia is ranked and is a great team, and and I again I don't hate that they're the best two loss team in the country shticked. Um you don't really think about this game too much. I mean, you never want to put out the the traveling woes out there. It's a it's a weird take to a weird stand to, to take, but you know, you're playing an eleven o'clock game their time. You know, it's a noon game on e, on ABC. Um that's one, you know, if you're overlooking and, and thinking about your big rivalry game, the game that's really going to define your season. You could be going into that with two losses to your, you know, the rival that that really you need to, you know, really slay that the dra- the one last dragon, right? Um, or the only the only dragon you can, I guess, because the one other dragon you you screwed up and you know got a backdoor over <laughs> cover at the very end of the game. Um, I, I watched a game with some guy that hit the over and went nuts when it happened. That's how I know that that they hit it with like two minutes left. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's a great game. The the Big Twelve, I think you're right though, is cannibalizing on itself. Um, it, it gets to the point of you know where where will we sit in terms of the playoff? Not to retread what we just did, but it could be a point where the where you might see both Big Twelve and Pac twelve miss it if if that so happens. With a uh, assuming Alabama and Georgia do what they do, um, I mean, are there any other games you're looking at? We covered Penn State, Ohio State. Um, we covered NC State, Notre Dame quickly. Um, yeah. I mean, I just I'm thinking ahead to pro prospects here when I say yeah. this, but uh, you get UCLA versus Washington, so we get to see Josh Rosen against um, Jake Browning, uh, which is a, which is an interesting yep. game there. Uh, it's a 3:30 game, by the way, at, well, uh, for Washington. So potentially you might catch that. I think it's ABC or ESPN two, depending. Yeah, it depends on your scheduling there, which it's always weird how they, they figure that shit out. Um, no, that's a good pick. I mean, a game for those Pac-12 teams. Uh, we mentioned UCF. <laughs> no, you should watch. All right. Um, yeah, it's not finally not at like 11 o'clock. Yeah. And if your um, NFL team stinks and they need a quarterback, you should probably watch too. Yeah, probably. <laughs> there's a good um, chance that, they're gonna, they're, that, that, that Josh Rosen head case and all might end up on your squad. Very true. Um, speaking of the late Pac-12 games, though, both Arizona teams are at home. There's always something crazy about traveling down there. We've, we've talked about this a lot. And Washington State and USC both go to Arizona and Arizona State, respectively. Both are favored by a grand total of six and a half points. Washington State by three, USC by three and a half. Call me crazy. I think one of those games is going to be an upset, not even just a cover 
uh, taking the team with the points. I think one of those two teams wins outright. If I had to guess, I'd say Arizona State because USC has just been so shaky. But Arizona could certainly do it as well. They're not a terrible squad, or at least as bad as we thought they were. Uh, Khalil right. Tate, their running back, has been pretty good. Uh, I do love Luke Falk, though. And, and but um, though really any Big Twelve team is at this or uh, not Big Twelve Pac Twelve team is at this point of really they they can't lose. They can't afford to lose. I mean, they basically just gotta gotta hope out to have any shot at it. Right. Right. No, yeah. I'm with you there. I um yeah. You know, uh, those late games can be so can be wild. You go to bed without realizing what's happened. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Way, I just realized I looked up. We do have an NFL football game happening right that right now. We do. Uh, yep. Good trend. Well, no, I'm sure no one's really watching either. But good transition here. Yep. We've got Jeremy Macklin with a 34 yard TD strike from Elite Joe Flacco. Yeah, early in the game here. Looks like, um, looks like uh, you know, it should be uh, one of those games that I think if you're a if you're a diehard football guy, you watch because I think both teams are kind of still on the outskirts of a playoff. Although I think the Ravens have really fallen off the wagon. I love their defense, but um, their offense has been suspect, and they're just kind of a strange. They're kind of in a strange spot right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's a fascinating, uh, fascinating kind of one of those like man- matchups that has a lot of fantasy implications. So I think a lot of players, a lot of teams have um, the Miami skilled positions, right? Jaja, Jarvis Landry. Kenny Stills, um, uh, Devontae Parker, uh, even though I don't think the team is that good. Matt Moore getting the start tonight. And um, I just want I – I just got to put in my own two, two cents here. Oh, my God, I went to the Monday night game for our boys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's take off the objectivity hat. Let's put on the fan hat. Oh, it was the – place, the place was electric to start the game. And what I thought was amazing is normally when we get down like that, you know, 10-3, really poor first quarter, right? Um, the refs kind of hurt us, but we also shot ourselves in the foot a couple times. The defense kept us around, but what I saw was an offense that didn't get frustrated, right? Carl, yep. what's his name? Our my, our boy, not Carson, our boy Doug, stuck stuck to the uh, to the running game here, all right? Mm-hmm. Battled, battled a little bit. Even though we didn't have the most effective game on the ground, we didn't stop running it, which I thought was really important. And I thought the play that really set it off, obviously, is going to be that long touchdown pass from Carson to Mac Hollins, which was amazing. But what I thought was incredible, the, right? But what I thought was the more important play was what happened right before that. That was where Carson missed a wide-open shot downfield. Didn't even see the guy, held the ball too long, took a bad sack. He got up and said, that one's on me, boys. Great quarterbacks don't make the same mistake twice. And the very next play, full confidence in his guys, and he made the throw. Um, He looks amazing. Now, our pass rush looks amazing. Offensive weapons, amazing. Safety's amazing. But I got to know what your thoughts are on the loss of two key players for us. With Jordan Hicks going down with the ruptured Achilles and Jason Peters going down with the MCL and ACL injuries for the season. Uh, I guess I'll ask you, which one is more crippling to our boys? So we talked about this a little bit the other night. 
And I'm going to tend to agree with you on the Jordan Hicks loss just because there's a lot less depth. That's been a big theme of, in my Thunder blogging this week for those that have been paying attention to my baseball coverage. has been great, and and it's gotten better and better, but it, it's been a lot of the same guys. And Hicks was a part of that, and you can't really discount what he did and where they something to, to fill that void. There isn't really a ton out there. You don't really want to trade anything. Um, granted big V isn't the, isn't certainly the solution either covering for Jason Peters, a, a pro bowler. Um, he did look fine eventually once he kind of got settled in, um, probably going to say Hicks is a lot more impactful. Something where, you know, if you, I don't think you're going to change any schemes or anything, but you just got to figure it out and just keep it going. Right. I think it's, it's a shame because we're like a week too late. Right. If this injury happened last week, maybe we get in the phone with Navarro Bowman. Um, yep. I'm not saying he would come here. I know, I know because he's been out in the West Coast. His, his family's out there. Even though he is a Penn Stater, by the way, um, he would have been Linebacker a great guy. Have, yeah, he would have been great. It seems like we're going to try to keep it in house. I think the shame of it is like I watch Najee Good, who is a great guy, and he's a decent backup and special teamer. But he he does he looks a little lost out there. So I think you're going to see the Eagles rely a little bit more on. Malcolm Jenkins to pick up some of the linebacker work. Bradham probably slides. I think they're going to slide Bradham inside, I think, too, I read. Okay. So he's going to play a lot of time at middle. I think if Kendricks and Bradham are healthy, that's fine, because in today's NFL you play so much in the nickel uh, and the dime and dime packages. So it's okay to only have two great linebackers, but two good linebackers. I wouldn't say great, good. Oh, Bradham, I think, is having a great season. But Kendricks needs yep. to try to stay healthy because – we don't have yeah. a lot behind him. I don't know who's out there either. I, I think that's a shame. No, it's there isn't really anything. Where, Nothing out there. Right, which is just such a bummer. Um, and I'm with you. I guess I guess the question I would ask is not who, which player is harder to lose, but hey, let's say you have a new NFL franchise and you have to pick between Vitae or um, let's say Najee Good. Who would you pick? I think you would probably take Vitae in a draft. So yeah. the replacement – I think Peters – has experience. A, right. Peters is a better, quote-unquote, better player than Hicks. I don't think by that much. I think Hicks is pretty good. But the problem is Hicks' replacement isn't as good as Peters' replacement. And I think you can cover up for someone like like Peters a little better. I'm not saying great, but a little better. So uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a lot, though, for both sides of the ball. Perfect. I agree 100%. This week shouldn't be too much of a test for them, uh, at least on that. Um, potentially that. ATS, but we'll get to them. <laughs> but uh, let's go right into it with the cold hard locks. Yes, we sir. missed last week, so we'll just give ourselves a tie on there. Um, we forgot to post them. You, oh, I'm we, sorry. Uh, no, I, I mean, I, I made the picks on what's it called on um, the ESPN app. I'm sorry. I should have sent it to you. My fault. It was my fault. No, 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 no. I'm not calling you out. I did the All same right. thing. I could, I should have written them and, and said you lose by default, but I didn't. <laughs> I, uh, um, we had a good time at the Flyers. Then you were out of Penn State. True. And, busy. It was busy. The Sixers home opener. Um, regardless, let's go right into it. I didn't see the line for this game tonight. Tell me what it was. I, I'm 99.9% sure it was three and a half tonight in favor of the Ravens. Okay. I took – I like that. Yeah, I, I, took, I would have taken the over. I took the over on the Ravens winning. I actually like Matt Moore better than Jay Cutler. I just think the Ravens are at home. They really need the win, and they figure it out tonight against the uh, the Dolphins. 
Yeah, and it looks like they're starting to a little bit. Yeah. Um, still 7 nothing live update here. Um, we're almost close to the Stanford game starting, so we'll give you some live updates on that. We move right to Sunday, though, and is this the last London game? I the hope Browns, so. The Browns versus the Vikings. I think, uh, I think this one is actually on TV. It's on the NFL Network. But okay. The Vikings come in at a 9.5-point favorite, and call me crazy. I hate Thursday night, fo- or at least fantasy-wise, betting-wise. I hate Thursday night football. I hate the London games. I'm actually tempted to take the take the Viking or take the the Browns of the points here. That being said, that the Vikings at the very least can just hand the ball off to just a cavalcade of of running backs. So I'm gonna take the Vikings to cover. But that the nine and a half is a lot, and especially in these wonky ass games. Okay, yeah, I actually am taking the Browns to cover the points. They're going to lose, but I have them covering. I think they had they put on a really good show last week. I I still have concerns with the Vikings. Their defense I know is very good, but I, I there's no way Case Keenum can continue to sustain whether it's him or Bradford. And I know that Stephon Diggs might be back, and Adam Thielen might be one of the most underrated receivers in football. But I just like the Browns scrapping enough that. here. There's just a lot of desperation, and I think that line's good enough for them to w- lose by, say, seven, you know, seven a seven kind of point game. You know, they they score a late touchdown or a field goal to get them within that cover. Yep. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. That's a that's why I almost took them. I just think that that ground and pound. If you run that and you're able to do it, you might have a uh, a nice a nice big win on your hands, but. Moving on, what do you have next for the next one so o'clock game? The Raiders visiting the Bills at one. Uh, I got the Bills favored by two and a half, so essentially a pick 'em game here. I, I, this surprises me. I do think the Raiders three and four, big big win last um, uh, excuse me last Thursday against the uh, the Chiefs. All important for them, really. I think people got really hyped up with all the skill position talent but their defense has some serious problems. I know there's no Marshawn Lynch this week, deservedly so. You can't be doing that on the field coming off the bench. I actually like them in this game. I, I don't think the Bills are that good, and they've gotten some lucky breaks early on. I know LaShawn McCoy's having a good year, but I am picking the Raiders to cover, uh, to win outright. Excuse me, to win outright. I agree with you there. I think Derek Carr looked great. Back to the Derek Carr that we saw. His receivers are looking like they really miss their quarterback. Amari and Cooper, baby. Really Amari showed how much Cooper they missed him. Jer- yep. And Crabtree. Can't forget him. Can't forget mm-hmm. Jared Cook. Uh, he's got a lot of weapons around him. I think in 45 point over under, there's a reason for it. Take the Raiders, take the over. For me, on my next one that I have. The reason why I keep asking is because the Eagles get bumped up because they're a favorite team for me on ESPN. But I got the Colts at the Bengals at a 10.5-point favorite. Wow, a lot there. Their defense has looked a little bit better. Andy Dalton started to look a lot better. We're starting to see Dalvin Cook get a lot more playing time. For me, though, I think that you know, no, I'm going to take Cincy. Cincy covers. It's a lot of points, but I- I'm going to take it. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually taking Cincy too. I'm with you. Um, I'm not. The Colts have a lot of issues, and um, yeah, there's too much. I just don't see. I don't see a lot of positives for the Colt outside out Colts outside of like basically T. Y. Hilton. Um, I mean, 
I don't see it. And I think the Bengals coming off a bye, knowing they, they need a win here to have any kind of hope, although I think it's with the Steelers kind of rounding into form and some other really good teams in their own um, – the Bengals, I'm sorry, the Bengals need this with the Steelers kind of rounding into form as well as some other strong teams in the division, particularly out in the West. Um, I don't think – I think they, they, they take one here at home. Yeah, no, 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 I agree with you. What do you got next for me on the one o'clock? I've got an interesting game here that I, Patriots, Chargers coming across the country to play the Patriots. Now, Chargers, winners of three straight. The Patriots finding out today that at the very least they're not going to have Dante Hightower for a long period of time. By the way, when he is on the field, their defense gives up 1.4 yards less per play. That's a huge deal when you average that out. So, this is going to be a big game for both teams. For the Chargers, you sneak a win on the road, and the line is seven, by the way. It's a touchdown line, which shows you that people are starting to believe in the Chargers. You sneak one out here against the Patriots, who, I mean, the people are saying are kind of rounding into form, but you're able to figure it out. You are all of a sudden looking really pretty. And I, I would tell you, this is a huge game for the Chargers. Now, I took the Patriots at home, starting to roll. Brady's starting to kind of focus in on his guys. So I'm going to take the Patriots to cover here. But I think this is a fascinating matchup. And it's one of the ones that I'd, lo- I'd love to be able to snag, at least on red zone, a little bit. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's it's almost as probable to, to see a push at seven points. Yeah. I think that you see Phillip Rivers and Tom Brady both get into it. I, I agree with you. I think the Patriots covered probably a 10-point win, if I had to make a guess at the actual – Victory. Uh, over under is 48. I think you hammer that. It's going to be a lot of points, a lot of high flying. We've seen what both defenses can and cannot do. Uh, one thing to watch out for, I'm sure he will play. Melvin Gordon is has been listed on the injury report quite yeah. frequently, but I'm sure he'll be he'll be on the field for San Diego and, and should be still a big impact there. No, I agree. I, I, I but it's once again, like it's a fascinating game for me. I like I like the push idea, uh, possibly. Uh, but it's going to be a good one, uh, over, over, over 100 at 48 and a half. Um, the next one I have on the slate here is a little Bears visiting the division-leading New Orleans Saints with a revitalized defense and their normal studly offense. Fascinating game here for me. I I told you I picked the Saints. I did Remember too. Remember that. I did, I, well, no, oh, but no I you did for the division, you're right. Division. You're right. And after their 0-2 start, the defense, young defenses come together. But the Bears are a scrappy bunch. They've won a couple surprising games. <laughs> so I think this is uh, this is a good matchup here. I, I still like the Saints, and I like them to cover that 9.5. Um, well, I don't know. There's something about the ground pound that the, Saint, that the Bears can throw at you with Howard and uh, – Cohen and just kind of the spunk of the young team kind of rallying around that quarterback. God, I've been going back and forth all day on this one. And if uh, you know what, no, the Saints are going to cover nine at home at the Superdome, making it five and two and kind of pulling ahead a little bit. Hope trying to stay ahead, uh, head above water in the division. I agree with that a hundred percent. I think that the ground and pound on the new Orleans side, that's true. I huge uh, yep. impact with Mark Ingram, I think you see a huge air raid out of Drew Brees, and you hit the f- biggest nail on the head in this game. The Saints defense, I think, might be a highest defensive points in fantasy. Yeah, Big thing about Terry Cohen is that he shows his rookie hood or whatever however you want to call it. The fact that he's a rookie 
comes very much into in in the forefront a lot more than it doesn't. I've seen him make a lot of bad fumbles, uh, mm-hmm. whether it's punt returns, when it's holding onto the ball. There's a lot of times that he just shows that fact, and the Saints defense in the last couple weeks has had a great time being able to force the ball back to Drew Brees. And I think that they have a great shot at it this week. They're at home. Superdome should be rocking. Cover the points. Boom. Yeah, no. And um, either way, it's it's kind of a fascinating game I don't think anyone's looking at. Um, the next one I have here on my slate, Falcons visiting the Jets. There's a line here, as it should be because they've really struggled, the Falcons, is only five and a half points. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. I know they're on the road. You would think the Falcons, oh my God, they should be heavily favored here, heavily favored here. But the Jets also kind of scrapping a little bit of a season together. I personally took the Falcons to cover. I think they're pissed off. I don't, I still don't like the Jets and I would hope that the Jets can eventually figure out how to tank. They can't even do that properly. Uh, you know, tank for Darnold, although I'm not sure Sam Darnold's all that, you know, (laughs) After we've seen a couple weeks here, but um, I have the Falcons covering that five-point line. What are your thoughts there on that game? It's kind of a, an interesting matchup, more for the Falcons and the Jets, where they are as a team this year. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, you, you'd think coming out of this interesting season they've been on, um, look at it and whether or not this actually holds true, because you know we're not weathermen, but <laughs> it's one of the only games that's, that's really showing that's going to be coming through the Northeast on. I think this is a game to really keep an eye out for this. It's a big reason why if you look on your fantasy leagues, um, especially if you're on Yahoo where they have the green ads versus the red drops, um, a big ad. And he's somebody that I've had in a lot of, in a lot of different teams been okay. But that Two-headed monster of Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman. It, granted, if Tevin Coleman's fully 100%, but I, I think that's enough that you're able to cover five points even on the road. Um, defense is a little shaky, but a, a lot of their that Jet offense has come from great offense from Josh McCown. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I, I agree, though. I think Atlanta covers here. Yeah. No, I, uh, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, I they really the under, need, though, 46 points. I, think. I know. I, I think it could be less than that. I, I think they need it. They're struggling in a lot of different ways. They seem to have that kind of Super Bowl hangover that you saw the Panthers have last year. Um, yeah, which doesn't make any sense because they've got more talent to me than the Panthers at almost every position on the field. Uh, but they, yeah, they, they should have such a good running game. I would, Tevin Coleman to me should be a starter in this league when you watch him run. Um, but maybe, maybe he's the kind of guy you shop around for a player that you need. Not say a team's going to bite. Well, it's, yeah, you might be able to do that. It's crazy though that like the Falcons do this a lot. They're, they're the only other team in professional sports I can think of that did this a lot is the Phillies who, the Falcons get close to winning, then they just fall apart, even with the same roster. The Phillies have done this for a hundred and however many years. Right. The Falcons have done this most recently. Remember, they nearly made the Super Bowl when we were in college in like 2012. Then they go immediately and become the first team in football to be eliminated from playoff contention in 2000, 
13. Mm-hmm. And they have all those years. They didn't really lose a ton aside from having a shitty interior. They still had all those same great. I'm not saying that they're going to be the first team eliminated. They're not even close to that. The Browns still haven't even won a game, and it's week it's week seven. But <laughs> right, you know, it's it's not a that out there to say that they in a division where the Saints are playing pretty well. The the Panthers have been doing what they're doing at four and three. The Bucks, but they're still hanging around. Um, but it's it's not crazy especially at this point of the season to say they missed the playoffs no I, yeah I, uh, yeah the division is good and they don't look good <laughs> what no, do you want me to say at all and by the way speaking of the division but before we get to the final one o'clock game panthers at the buccaneers not Bucks, the final one because we have one more but no 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 final before, one on this on... no i no, before we get to the final game before we get to the final one o'clock game um let's discuss Panthers Buccaneers. To me, the Bucks are playing for their season in this game. They, I absolutely they, agree. Right. If they lose, they go to two and five in this division. No way. Um, certainly not the team or offense we thought they would have. No, not at all. Not even close. And it sucks, right? Because they have you know, Jameis has been a little banged up, but he hasn't looked terrible. He's put up good stats. Um, you know, better fantasy than than actually impactful but um you know mike evans has, has really been it deshaun jackson's done nothing cameron brate's been okay you know it's been a good pickup for me fantasy wise not the brag um but you know i mean you know that, that offense i mean you don't know where it's been um but yeah i mean they still come in two and a half point favorite uh the panthers have been up and down they they're riding a couple losses here including one to the bears in overtime uh say what you will about the you know about their thursday night football Smackdown by the Eagles, but I mean, you know that 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 comes in there. I, I'm going to take the Panthers though. I think they have a big bounce back game. I haven't really seen enough of Tampa Bay to really. They're the team I picked to win the division. To really be impressed that they can get it done, especially with a really pissed off Panthers team and a really pissed off Cam Newton. I, I feel like he kind of takes the game into his own hands. Get a couple, gets a couple of his guys involved, and they have themselves a day. Yeah. No, I'm going to actually go against you here. I am okay. taking the uh, the Bucks. They need this game. Mike Evans is a stud. Not much in the secondary for Carolina. And I think Cam Newton is shooting himself in his own foot this year a little bit too much for my liking. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and take the Panthers here to, uh, to steal a victory. I mean, sorry, the Buccaneers, excuse me. Well, excuse me. To steal a victory here and, um, and kind of send the Panthers – scrapping a little bit they need to figure it out in my opinion too much off the field commotion and your quarterback should never be the center of that your quarterback is the rock that drives the franchise and cam newton needs to figure out how to be that rock he's so talented and so good at being a quarterback but his mind needs to be locked in on, on the leader of this franchise and I need to act like it. I'm, I'm not impressed with his antics. You know, when things are great, things are so high in Carolina. And then when things go down, they're so down. And he needs to figure out how to how to ride the wave and then not be as just so high in the air sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, last game of the f- 1 o'clock hour. I cannot wait. Eagles at home versus the 0-7 
San Francisco 49ers, who for the first time after going like, what is it, five games in a row, losing by three points, got smoked by Dallas last week. The line is now 12 and a half for Philadelphia. What are you thinking? All right. So I think it's a win on, you know, straight up is a win. The line's intriguing to me. You want to say what you will of the Niners and what their defenses looked like. Um, you know, there's, there's a couple things that we didn't really get out of the Eagles in that win. And you're not to complain about a win, but the running game wasn't that great. Still, you know, same thing we talked about before. It's still supposed to be rainy here. You could see LeGarrette Blunt have a day like he did a couple weeks ago and when they finally started really incorporating him. You know, him, Wendell Smallwood. Um, you know, Carson's looked incredible. We'll see how the rain kind of kind of works there. I mean, you could see it just old-fashioned box football, you know, straight run the ball straight up the middle with LeGarrette Blunt. See Carson Wentz utilize Zach Ertz or Alshon coming straight over the middle. Um, I think that's how you win. I think the points, though, is is a little nutty, um, especially 12.5 in a rainy situation. Carlos Hyde has been pretty good. The Eagles' defense has been spectacular, and I I feel like they're almost have a bit of a, a, you know, regression game, not not to use a down game, I want to say. I'm going to take the Niners with the points, but the Eagles win the game is is what my official pick is going to be. Yeah, I, I think the weather is a huge factor here. That rain, I don't like – so I originally yeah. took the Eagles to cover, but that rain really concerns me because Carlos Hyde. Exactly. You lose Hicks, Carlos Hyde comes to town. I don't think he's a superstar, exactly. but I think he's a power power kind of guy. Player. Um, you know, so we'll see in that regard. I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I um, I don't think they cover. I, I, I think – sorry, I think the 49ers cover. They're a scrappy bunch. They're desperate for a win, so we'll see what happens. But um, – it's a tough one as well. Uh, the weather, though, is my big my big reasoning for them not covering there. Yeah, no, no, it's a certainly a good good reasoning for it. Um, obviously, look out for you. You're going right, so no, look I, out I, for I, your. I will uh, not be going. Be going. All right, so don't no, look out I'm for. I'm not our, going uh, this week. No, 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 uh, me. No, I'm got got sent uh, home this week, and that's okay. Matt's getting start him sit him sit Matt Stefano. We'll, uh, we'll we'll have our own we'll have our own watch party. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to the four o'clock slate though. Four o five, probably one of the more intriguing matchups out there. Um, off their bye week, going up to Seattle to face the twelfth man. Russell Wilson's having a pretty good year. Deshaun Watson has been a huge story. Yep. Five and a half points for Seattle. Well, first of all, we're in the depth of the bye week here, right? Only two four o'clock games this week. I will tell you, of course, I'm starting for the first time after my Aaron Rodgers injury, the number one fantasy quarterback in Deshaun Watson against the vaunted Seahawks defense. Welcome. Yeah, I, you know what? I took the Seahawks to cover. I really think their defense is kind of, is coming around. Um, And I think they... I think they pull it out. That's a pretty good line for that poor offense. Uh, but I, I just think they're coming around. I think Watson has a poor showing this week. What she, what she kind of needs um, to put his life, you know, to put his like to put his season in perspective. To like, you know, look, you're still a rookie, kind of thing. Um, so I, I have the Texans losing and the Seahawks covering five and a half at home. Okay, all right. But you can jump actually- on, you can jump on the hype train. 
I am moving on the hype train. I think <laughs> though that the I, I do think the the Texans have looked pretty good coming out of everything. I think five and a half points where you've had a on paper a better run game established than Seattle's had. I think though the twelfth man is is a big difference. Um, you know, I, I like the points though. I, I think the Seahawks still win it. I think it's a lot closer than you, than it's okay. than it should be. I think All the right. Seahawks at home should blow them out, but I think it becomes a closer game. And I, I take the Seahawks to win, but Texans with the points. So uh, gotcha. put me gotcha. Houston. Big I, NFC East game yep. next up, though, and it's it's one where. I think the Cowboys, the Cowboys have only played one divisional game. We talked about a couple of weeks ago of when, when can you really accept a, a re- you know, your record, especially within the division Redskins coming in now having lost to the Eagles, both teams at three and three, a real show me game down in Landover, Maryland at FedEx field. Dallas comes in as a two point favorite. They will have Zeke. What do you think, Matt? I've never, after wanting nothing more than to see Kirk Cousins struggle, I'm not sure I'm ever, I've ever rooted for him more. I like the Redskins in this game. Okay. Because I don't like, I still don't like Dallas's defense. The one thing Kirk does not struggle with is throwing the ball without pressure. He, he early in the game, we didn't get it on him. As soon as the Eagles started coming with heat, he struggled. I don't think the Cowboys can bring enough pressure. I also love Chris Thompson out of the backfield. I think he's uh, – how did they get him and why don't the Eagles – you know, he's Sproles, but but he looks fantastic. So I really like the Redskins in this game to cover and win. And, um, you know, I know their defense is in and out without Josh Norman, a little suspect. He might play, we're not sure. Um, but I'm taking the Redskins in an upset pick here uh, over the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys still have a lot of noise. They're traveling on the road coming off a scintillating win, whatever, against the 0-7 49ers. So I like the Redskins to win. It's a divisional game on the road. Go go Hogs this weekend. I agree with you. I take the Redskins. Yes. Yes. A couple reasons. I mean, the defense is the big one. I think the Redskins' defense, say what you will about how they looked. I think weather comes into play here as well. Um, Zeke, obviously. I think, though, and you hit a good point of – Everything with Kirk, I think he hooks up with his guys, especially Jordan Reed, who's starting to get more and more back into his you know comfort zone. Um, but yeah, I think two points. You know, I mean, all you need is a fucking field goal, right? Rain or not, uh, give me the Redskins there. That's oh, that's. By the way, D- yeah. Dan Bailey is out for Dallas. I don't think you can underscore that. I think that's a huge loss for them. No. He's been one of the best kickers in football, so all of a sudden he's not playing. I think it's a big loss, um, and it's a huge win for the Eagles because I think at the end of the day the Cowboys may still be around in the division, and so you need them to lose now so you have a buffer zone come later in the season. Yes, um, you haven't played him yet at all. Right, right. Um, yeah, and I mean it, it's definitely one of the most impactful games on really any division division right now. I mean, the Eagles have played three. The, the Redskins have played, I believe, three as well. Um, how it all goes down. But that, like you said, we're in the depths of the bye weeks. So we moved to the Sunday night game. 
intriguing game here. Pittsburgh at Detroit. Point favorite is Pittsburgh. Matt, break this one down. Yeah, so I'll tell you right now. Lions coming off their bye week. Yep. Pittsburgh, all of a sudden, oh, well, we forget about that five-interception game that Big Ben have has had Martavius Bryant not playing. I do love Juju Smith-Schuster. I think he's a heck of a player. I am taking the Lions. Why are we kind of fell asleep on them after a couple tough-ish losses. Uh, but I'm going Detroit, baby, to take the win. I agree with you. Give me Detroit. <laughs> Give me Detroit, yes, baby. baby. Give me Marvin Jones Jr. Give me all of them. They're, I mean, this is a shit line. I mean – the super dog of the week if we were college game day, but cold hard locks, this would be it. I mean, Jesus Christ. Sunday night football, you're coming off your bye week. Big Ben has not looked strong. That Lions defense actually, oh, say what you will about them versus the, the Jaguars defense. They're still not bad. They're, they're not this, they're still hanging around. I love them here. I think Matt Stafford has a huge game. Look out for Marvin Jones Jr. Look out for look out for that run game to get really established and really spread it out for Stafford. Take them 45 and a half point over under. Hit that because I do think the Steelers aren't just going to lay down and and you know fall over. But yeah, take Detroit. We move to Monday night football. Divisional game. Broncos at the Chiefs. Chiefs come in as a seven point favorite here. What do you got for me in this one, Matt? Yeah, I actually am going to take the Broncos again. I think the Chiefs have a little bit of a skid here. I think the Broncos have had some issues offensively because teams said, wait a second, if we just stack the box, let make Trevor Simeon beat us, I say he figures it out enough against a good Chiefs defense, but not, not as good as we give them credit for. I'm saying they're a bad defense. I don't think they're as strong as they are. They're, uh, Demarius Thomas can get free of Marcus Peters. And this Broncos defense is really, really good. Yep. That's the big part. They're incredibly good. I think yep. they trip up Alex Smith. I think Kareem Hunt is a bit of a regression game. I mm-hmm. love I love that pick. I, too, take the Broncos, oh, especially beautiful. at a full seven points. You, you mean yeah. you're going to see a push, I think. I, I, I really don't think that you're going to see much more than, than if I'll, Kansas City wins a seven-point victory. And I'll tell you, if you're the Chiefs, you all of a sudden you have two straight losses to, to in great games. You play the Broncos, and next week you're at Dallas uh, in the showcase game at four o'clock. This is a season-defining stretch here because this is this to me is their hardest stretch. They have the opportunity to lose four in a row, and they've got some easier matchups to end the year. This is as hard as it gets. I just something about them all of a sudden. They had the hot start, Alex Smith's hot start. Teams have started to watch some film. I, yeah, I'm with you. I uh, And that Broncos defense, we're already writing it off as a win. The Eagles fans, for in two weeks when we play the Broncos, there's no way you can write. That defense is so good. Von Miller gets to the quarterback. Shane Ray is back from his injury. It's a huge another addition to the pass rush for the Broncos that like they need anymore. I, I'm with you. I think they take the Chiefs on the road for a huge, huge win for the Broncos and a devastating loss for the Chiefs as they're about to go on the road to the Cowboys. Absolutely, and it's 
humongous. Are they going to do uh, the Chiefs, Dallas, that whole – they used to be both Dallas thing. Do, that, we'll talk about that next week. Yeah, I haven't heard um, anything on that yet. Yeah, we'll, we'll find that out. But that's going to do it. I mean, any other thoughts before we grab things I mean, up? There's only one thought, baby. Carson Wentz has arrived. I don't want to hear any of this Jack versus Carson. It's not a competition to my, in my opinion, okay? It's Carson all the, all the way. Super impressed with him. And more importantly, if we win this week, we spend two weeks on top of the NFL. Number one team. Please don't let me down. I just, I just love everything about Carson right now. And uh, God, go birds, baby. Go birds this weekend. Oh, please. Let's I can't. I'm go. so excited. I'm so excited. Let's go birds. Keep along with us on social media, Thunder BLGs, the Twitter, Thunderblog Sports. Check out our Instagram stories, all of our posts. Uh, the Flyers, I don't think the Sixers are home up uh, for a little, at least until next week. Uh, both teams, Sixers are home, are home Sunday. Neither of us will be there. So no live game stories, but that doesn't mean that they aren't going to be there. So check it out. Um, check out the blog, thunderblogsports.com. I'll have my fun V tailgate post up at some point tomorrow. I'm going to try to write some of it tonight. This is Thursday that we're recording in case you didn't, in case you aren't watching live. Uh, I want to thank all of you, of course. Um, and you know, we're, you know, hopefully both our fantasy teams win so we can, uh, have something good to tell, tell the fans. Yes, sir. I couldn't agree more. And, uh, man, just another great football weekend coming up. Hell yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for us. For my man, Matty D, I am the G-Man. Have a good night and a great weekend, everybody. Peace. Go Birds.